Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Dynamic Dialogue Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you 10 exercises or lifts that I think can help accelerate your gains, your fitness, your hypertrophy, and your strength. I think these are lifts that will generally be easy to insert directly into your programming once a week, twice a week. Perhaps you substitute an existing movement pattern with one of these movement patterns. These are exercises that I have found to be very valuable for helping to develop the structures of the body. That be the, of course, musculature and all of the various intermuscular coordination things required to be athletic and strong, getting muscles to work together. They're good for athletes, good for bodybuilders, good for people just looking to improve their fitness. And I think, like I said, you can just inject these into your existing programming. These are lifts that I've been doing with clients in the gym for years, and we program these things all the time for our online coaching clients at Core Coaching Method, as well as in our app-based training communities, both of which you can find in the show notes below if you want to put your fitness on autopilot and have the best training experience and results possible. So without further ado... Getting into the 10 lifts that I believe will accelerate your gains, strength, mobility, and athletic potential, I'd be remiss if I didn't lead off with a personal favorite of mine, the walking lunge. Now, walking lunges are challenging because they do require a significant amount of stability. If you are a complete novice, this will be a challenging exercise. You can use external stability in the form of wooden dowels or a railing, or you can regress to something like a reverse lunge or a standard split squat. Not a Bulgarian split squat, but a standard split squat. But the reason that I love walking lunges are multifactorial. Actually, there's a number of reasons. The first is that it really gets our glutes into a lengthened position. A lot of the most popular glute training exercises, like hip thrusts, low back extensions, uh, challenge the glutes the most when they're in the shortened position, which I think is generally an okay way to train the glutes. However, when we talk about optimizing for muscle growth, you need to train muscles in both their shortened and lengthened position. And the walking lunge will allow you to do this quite well. It also requires a good amount of ankle mobility. And when you do movements that require good hip mobility and ankle mobility, you have the ability to expand your movement capacity by reinforcing greater mobility at different joint angles. And so what the walking lunge will do, in addition to challenging the quads and the glutes in unique positions, it will reinforce hip and ankle mobility. Another thing I love about this lift, if you're stable enough to do it, you don't need weights. You can do it body weight for distance. You can do it with dumbbells. You can do it with kettlebells. You can do it with a barbell. You can do it with a weighted vest. It's an exercise that's very easy to load, and it's an exercise that has a lot of different loading opportunities, meaning if you're at home training without a ton of equipment or you're at the gym and it's super crowded, you can adjust and pivot how you do these walking lunges. One of the ways we like to have clients do these is to complete a rep count number, meaning like, hey, finish your workout with 100 unbroken walking lunges. This acts as both a good conditioning and mobility exercise, getting the client to train in a 
lengthened position that's challenging and deep hip flexion with a lot of dorsiflexion. It's also a great exercise for getting a metabolic output where you get a big pump. Now, additionally, you can load these up with a barbell or a dumbbell and train them in that more typical 8 to 12 repetition range that we often see consistent with most programming schemes. But the walking lunge is a phenomenal exercise, and it is one that I attribute a tremendous amount of glute growth for both myself and my clients. I think it is one of, if not the single biggest and most underrated exercise for developing the glutes. Uh, moving on to number two, and this I promise is not a reductionist oversimplification, but this might not be one of the exercises you expected to hear on this list, uh, but it's actually the push-up. And I know what many of you are thinking, push-ups are easy, they're body weight, they're for beginners, why don't I just bench press or use dumbbell pressing? Well, the beautiful thing about push-ups is it does what I like to to call free the scapula. So the scapula are the shoulder blades or the bones on the back side of the rib cage that translate front to back, uh, or they go around from the back of the rib cage out towards the sides. They go up and down. They rotate. There's a lot of different you know ways in which that scapula can move. Now, when you're bench pressing or dumbbell pressing, typically those scapula are going to have their mobility limited by the pad on the bench. So you're laying flat on a bench. So the scapula can only come together so much. They can only provide or, or perform so much rotation. And when you do a push-up, there's nothing on the scapula. There's nothing inhibiting its ability to move freely. So you get a tremendous amount of shoulder extension where the elbow moves back behind the body. You get great range of motion out of the shoulder. You get phenomenal stretch through the pecs, shoulders, and triceps. So in the same way that the dumbbell press is a great exercise for developing the pecs, a push-up can be as well. One beautiful thing about the push-up too is for female lifters, it tends to have a pretty challenging progression curve for a much longer time. Uh, Well-trained men who can bench press a good amount of weight or dumbbell press a good amount of weight usually need to do a substantial, a substantially higher number of push-ups or even loaded push-ups or push-ups where you are accentuating the eccentric, extending the range of motion, all good tactics, all things that make this a very versatile lift uh, for it to be challenging. But for a lot of female lifters, 10 strict push-ups will always be challenging due to the kind of, uh, you know, discrepancy in upper body strength and power between men and women. So getting really good at push-ups can oftentimes substitute entirely for dumbbell and barbell pressing, and it gives you a tremendous amount of opportunity to allow that scapula to move freely, reinforce mobility. And again, like I said, once you get better, you can do more, you can expand the range of motion, you can load them. And what I love about these is they can be scaled to any fitness level. I have 80 to 90 year old clients at the studio who do these elevated on a push-up uh, or on a barbell or on a bench um, so as to minimize the actual angle of the torso. When you do a push-up, typically your torso and body are going to be parallel with the floor. But if you put their hands on a barbell and move a barbell or Smith machine incrementally up the rack, you increase that angle. And the greater the angle, the actual de the, the greater the decrease in torque required pressure put on the body uh, weight that you're actually lifting. And so it can be scaled to almost any fitness level. And it's a phenomenal pushing pattern that still allows for free movement of the scapula. The third lift on this list is actually a tandem of lifts, uh, and it is 
two single leg variations that I see done less commonly than their bilateral versions. And this would be single leg bridges and single leg presses. So I love hip thrusts and I love glute bridges for training the glutes in the shortened position. And I really like leg presses as a way to challenge the glutes and the quads with a tremendous amount of stability. But what I like a lot about bilateral training modalities, like the fact that you can load them up, the fact that they tend to be more stable, doesn't mean we don't want to occasionally dip into the unilateral versions that can enhance dynamic stability, promote a greater stretch, uh, increase. They, these can oftentimes be used as great preparatory work to get you warmed up and ready to go. So single leg bridges I love as a way to provide and promote pelvic stability to get the glutes going prior to a squat or lunge session, um, to work on hip mobility. Again, any exercise that trains through a full range of motion can be good for enhancing mobility. And then single leg presses I really like because if you can create pelvic stability by pulling down into the leg press itself, you get a tremendous stretch at the bottom position, more so when doing it unilaterally then bilaterally, especially if you have a leg press that allows you to do one side at a time. Now, I know that these are rare, but when we program these, it's usually on occasion, we inject single leg bridges oftentimes into our warm-up and single leg presses as an accessory exercise for lower body work. We see this a lot with our more advanced female clients who want to develop their glutes, their quads, etc. And I program this quite a bit in our elite physique app-based group. But single leg presses and single leg bridges are a great addition to your lower body exercise repertoire, especially if you're like most people and you do a substantial substantial amount of lower body training, and you're really looking to expand the number of quote unquote arrows in your quiver. If you're somebody who's looking for new lower body exercises to incorporate into your routine, but you want to make sure you're making good selections, a lot of times it can be tempting to just go, ah, let me just grab something I saw some influencer doing on the internet. I'm going to pick an exercise that, you know, looks cool, that's new, that I've never done before. And this can backfire uh, more often, unfortunately, than we'd like. And we end up optimizing or selecting for exercises that are imperfect. But I think taking exercises that we know are already really effective and doing the quote unquote, uh, variations, or in this case, just the unilateral version, is a very, very great way to inject some novelty and variety without getting too off track from what's actually going to be productive training. So the fourth movement we've got here is chin-ups and pull-ups. And what I like about this is not dissimilar to what I like about push-ups, but it has more to do with its strength carryover than its ability to create back and upper back hypertrophy. When it comes to developing the lats and upper backs, give me upper backs. When it comes to developing the lats and upper back, give me a pull down, a high row, a plate loaded row, a face pull, a cable row over a pull up any day of the week. The crappy part about the pull up is it tends to be really, really hard depending on your strength level, and many people can't do one. Um, so trying to use it as a highly targeted exercise for hypertrophy is challenging because there's so many limiting factors like the grip and ability to stabilize the core. But that's actually why I like including this as a strength exercise. So I will often include pull-ups to failure or assisted pull-ups to failure as a strength exercise for most of our clients. Because what I've noticed is it's a phenomenal 
exercise for creating dynamic grip strength. This would be like actually holding on to something that carries over extremely well to other lifts. It helps promote anti-extension because you can't let your hips get too high. And it also helps create core stability. You can't go swinging like crazy. You have to keep your core tight and get yourself up and over that bar. So as a core stability exercise and as a grip strength exercise, Pull-ups are phenomenal, and if you do them to failure, I think they have phenomenal carryover for all of your pulling strength and for your upper body strength exercises. So in the same way that many times when we think of like great exercises for developing upper body strength, we think of like the bench press and maybe the pendlay row, which are good options, and we'll talk about some alternatives as we get through this list. I think pull-ups for certain populations certainly qualify as an awesome strength training exercise. And if you can't do a pull-up and you get to a point where you can do three or four, watch what happens to your ability to do cable rows, lat pull downs, all of the various different exercises that we tend to see um, when it comes to this different stuff that, that we do throughout our training, uh, especially stuff that is contingent on the upper body work uh, or, or upper body strength, grip strength, etc. So all of this stuff really, really, really matters. And I think it's super, super important to pay close attention to your ability to develop strength in conjunction with developing your muscles. What's going on, guys? Coach Danny here, taking a break from the episode to tell you about my coaching company, Core Coaching Method, and more specifically, our one-on-one, fully tailored online coaching program. My online coaching program has kind of been the flagship for core coaching method for a while. Of course, we do have PDF programming and we have app-based programming, but if you want a truly tailored one-on-one experience with a coach like myself or a member of my coaching team, someone who is certified, somebody who has multiple years of experience working with clients in person online, somebody who is licensed to provide a macro nutrition plan, somebody who is actually good at communicating with clients because they've done it for years, whether that be a via phone call, email, text, right? This one-on-one coaching program is really designed to give you all the support you need with custom training designed for you, whether you're training from home, the gym, around your limitations and your goals. Nothing cookie cutter here, as well as easy to follow macronutrition programs that are non-restrictive. You'll get customized support directly from your coach's email or they'll text you or they'll WhatsApp you. We'll find the communication medium that best supports your goals as well as provides you with the accountability and the expertise you need to succeed, as well as biofeedback monitoring, baked-in accountability support, and all of the stuff that you need from your coach when you check in. We keep our rosters relatively small so that we can make sure you get the best support possible. But you can apply today by going over to corecoachingmethod.com, selecting the online coaching option, and if we have spots available, We'll definitely reach out to you to see if you're a good candidate. And if we don't, we'll put you on a waiting list, but we'll be sure to give you the best shot at the best coaching in the industry. So head over to corecoachingmethod.com and apply for one-on-one coaching with me and my team today. Hey guys, taking a break from the show to tell you about our amazing sports nutrition partner, Legion. Legion makes the best evidence-based formulas for sports performance, sports nutrition, recovery, and fat loss. I don't recommend many supplements. In fact, I think you can get the majority of the nutrition you need from a whole foods diet. But let's be honest, many of us are either on the go and need assistance 
or quite frankly, we're not going to settle for average and we want to get the absolute most we can out of our training. So Legion is the company I go to for all of my supplement staples, whether it's creatine, which I get from their product Recharge, my protein that I get from either Whey Plus or Plant Plus, two of the best tasting proteins on the market. They come in a variety of flavors and they don't have a ton of fillers and gum. Just whey made from grass-fed cows from Ireland in a plant protein blend with a fully comprehensive dose of amino acids. I like to take a pre-workout. Sometimes I like it with caffeine. Sometimes I like to enjoy coffee in the morning and have my pre-workout later without caffeine. Legion makes both. Both the pre-workout with caffeine and without come with a full dosage of clinically effective ingredients like beta-alanine, betaine anhydrous, and L-citrulline to help you perform your best. They also make a phenomenal greens powder loaded with one of my favorite things, reishi mushroom, and a men's and women's multivitamin that contain a few different things that men and women might need for their unique physiology. So when you think of your vitamins, your fish oil, your pre-workout, your protein, all of the things that many of you take every single day, I'd encourage you to check out Legion. They have an amazing line, wonderful products, wonderful flavors, naturally sweetened, no dyes and colors. You can't go wrong. You can shop using the show notes below or by going to legionathletics.com and checking out using the promo code Danny. That will save you 20% and it will actually help you get two times points towards future orders, which you can use the same as cash. Pretty cool, guys. So head over to legionathletics.com and check out using the promo code Danny to save on all your sports supplement needs. Back to the show. Hey, guys, taking a break from the action to tell you about one of our favorite new sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. If you're like me, you love sports. Sports was actually how I got into fitness in the first place. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm not working out or working with my clients is watch and engage in sports with my friends. Underdog is the best fantasy sports app out there for best ball and for pick'em. If you like football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, WNBA, UFC, boxing, Underdog has something exciting for you. You can bet on your favorite teams. You can bet on your favorite players in the easiest and simplest way to engage at a higher level with sports. It's so much fun to be able to do a pick em with a player from the NBA team I like and from the NFL team I like. Do you think LeBron James is going to have more or less than 22 and a half points? Do you think Steph Curry is going to make more or less than four and a half threes? Whether or not you are an avid sports fan or you just like sports recreation, Underdog Fantasy is an amazingly fun way to engage with sports, to take your sports watching experience to the next level. And ladies, if you like sports, but you don't love them, but your man does, make an underdog account, have fun with him. I promise you it will bring you guys closer together. It is an absolute blast. I do it all the time with my friends and my family. It's simple. It's easy to understand. With Pick'em, you can pick two players to three times your entry, three players to six times your entry, four players to five times, 10 times your entry, and up to five players to 20 times your entry. So you pick five players on your favorite teams. You pick the stat line over or under, bet five bucks, win 120x your money. So many cool ways to play. There's also best ball as we get closer to fantasy where you can draft teams against your friends or against other people on underdog for your shot at millions of dollars in prizes. This is definitely one of my favorite things to do when I am playing or watching sports. I love underdog and you can go to the app store today, download underdog, enter the promo code Danny, and they will match your first deposit up to $100. You'll have a blast playing underdog all season long. Back to the action. 
Moving on to another strength exercise. This is number five that I love. It's actually overhead pressing and it'll be standing overhead pressing. So I like standing overhead presses with dumbbells and with barbells for a variety of different reasons. Um, the primary, of course, is that so much of our pressing takes place in a horizontal plane. These would be chest presses, flat dumbbell presses, incline dumbbell presses, barbell presses, machine presses, presses that tend to bias the chest, uh, which are great for developing the shoulders and the triceps too, but there's a particular need to develop strength overhead, especially if you want to develop your shoulders and your lats. You need to have good overhead stability and strength. And one of the things we see with overhead presses is a ton of carryover to upper body strength, just like with chin-ups. In fact, I would go so far as to say that I think we see more growth potential or more strength potential for the athletes we work with when progressing them on heavy overhead pressing than we do with heavy horizontal pressing. And there's a reason that we do about 50% overhead and 50% horizontal pressing in most of our programming, but that number has gone closer to 60-40 unless a client explicitly communicates that they would like us to have a you know like a substantial amount of uh, chest volume, in which case we're going to do some you know unique and different stuff. Um, but in most cases, we're going to actually bias overhead work over horizontal pressing because I think you get that unique component of overhead stability which has a lot of good carryover for most athletes and for most people. Moving on to my sixth favorite list, uh, lift, and this is a list. This would be replacing uh, the majority of the volume you're doing for the triceps and the delts uh, and the biceps with barbells and dumbbells to doing more with cables. So still, we still program a lot of hammer curls, dumbbell curls, incline curls, lateral raises with dumbbells, skull crushers, etc. But over the years, more of the programmed volume for the triceps, biceps, and shoulders has uh, gone towards uh, things that we can perform on cables and with dual cables. So for triceps, we like crossbody extensions, rope extensions, straight bar extensions, overhead extensions, single arm extensions, katana extensions. For biceps, we like curls where we do reverse grip curls, easy bar cable curls, rope curls, facing the dual cable curls, facing away from the dual cable curls. For shoulders, things like face pulls, lateral raises, behind the back laterals, Y raises. There's a huge, huge number of exercises uh, that you can really add into your arsenal that are effective and don't suck for arms and shoulders when you start incorporating you, uh, usage of the cable. So I think a lot of times people want variety, they want novelty, they want to find a way to add more, uh, you know, uh, have a greater oper a greater selection of exercises, to put it simply. And they go on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube and they find stuff that looks new and exciting. And something we've done a lot is just taking those conventional dumbbell movements, curls, uh, extensions, uh, raises, and incorporating more volume on the cable because of that really consistent resistance profile. It's the same weight at the bottom as it is on the top because of the leverage provided by the cable versus a dumbbell where we do oftentimes have a strength curve and a resistance profile that are asymmetric, meaning like I'm strongest on the way up, but that's where the dumbbell feels the lightest or I'm, I'm weakest at the bottom, which is where the dumbbell feels the heaviest. You can bypass a lot of that with 
uh, a greater percentage of your volume coming from cable work. And I have found that doing this uh, for those isolation exercises for small upper body muscles uh, more frequently than not is really valuable. So do we still do the dumbbell work? Absolutely. But adding these arrows to your quiver can make a huge, huge difference. Uh, number seven on the list is the side plank. And when we think about the side plank, I think a lot of people rightfully think, okay, this is about the obliques, which it is. And this is about core stability, which it is. Both of those are really important. If the side plank was beneficial for nothing else, just those things, I'd still want you to do it. But one of the things I really like about it is the shoulder stability component, because think about the position that your shoulder's in when you do a side plank. One shoulder is promoting or creating a ton of stability compared to a traditional plank, where you are essentially stabilizing with both shoulders simultaneously. And then additionally, with the side plank, you can level it up into a Copenhagen plank, which creates pelvic stability and challenges the adductors. Or you can incorporate not adduction, but abduction or abduction where you lift the top leg and train the gluteus medius. So the side plank as a position, as a movement, is a really, really effective core training tool that allows you to promote stability and strength in the shoulders and the hips. So a nice little bang for your buck movement. Again, think about those single leg bridges that I recommended. You throw some single leg bridges into your warmup, some side lunges, side lunges with abduction, Copenhagen planks. That's going to help level up your training, your potential, your strength. It's going to help quote unquote bulletproof you or create more resiliency in some of those small semi-vulnerable tissues like the groin, like the adductor, like the outer hip. A lot of people tend to have shoulder issues from a lack of stability. And yes, we want our core stability and the side plank is awesome for that, but it has a tremendous amount of carryover to other really valuable things. The eighth exercise on this list is the hex bar deadlift. This isn't an indictment on the conventional deadlift and on the sumo deadlift. We still program these pretty frequently. I think they're good lifts. I think they're really good lifts for developing strength. And most gyms have a barbell. Not all gyms have a hex bar. But if your gym does have a hex bar, I really, really like this exercise for developing lower body strength. I think about the hex bar deadlift as existing at the middle of a continuum with on one end, you have like a front squat that's almost exclusively quads. And on the other end, you have like an RDL that's almost exclusively a hinge. And then let's say you have this spectrum. And so on one side of the spectrum over here, you have the RDL. And on the other side, you have the front squat, almost all hips, almost all knees. And then you take one shot in and then maybe you've got like the sumo deadlift over here. So you go from front squats to sumos, knee dominant, and then you go from RDLs to conventional deadlifts, hip dominant. And then right in the middle is that hex bar deadlift, an exercise that incorporates a good amount of hip and knee flexion and extension. So this gets quads, this gets glutes, it gets a little bit of hamstrings. And what I love about this exercise is, and I've said this before, if you took somebody off the street who'd never lifted a weight before and you had to have them lift the absolute heaviest amount possible in any lift, I'd probably throw them on the hex bar, any free weight lift anyway, because it's very intuitive. Reach down, grab it, stand up. And for a lot of people, the technicality around various different lifts, specifically the, the barbell deadlifts. There's so many pieces 
to the puzzle to do them safely, effectively, and progressively. And the hex bar just seems to be that much more accessible. It feels a little more natural. It feels a little bit more intuitive. And for novice lifters, this is actually the first deadlift we teach at the studio with clients. You know, I find that this is a phenomenal introduction to eventually getting somebody to a barbell deadlift or even to getting them to a barbell squat. Starting with the hex bar tends to be a really, really good place. And you can build a shit ton of strength with this exercise without a ton of technical overload that will overwhelm a new and inexperienced lifter. Number nine on the lift is the cable face pull. Um, you know, I think that this has become more popular recently, but uh, uh, emphasizing the posterior aspect of the shoulder tends to be a really good way to keep your shoulders happy. Uh, over the years, I've noticed that people who have knee pain and shoulder pain tend to be sensitive to pressing and extending. So shoulder presses and squatting and lunging can agitate shoulders and knees that are cranky. But in the same way that glute work and hip biased work that like, like uh, RDLs and, and lying leg curls can make the knees feel better. I found that face pulls and upper back work can make the shoulders feel better. You know, when you're doing a face pull, you're training elements of the rotator cuff, the rear delt, the lower traps, these really important muscles in your back that play a really valuable role in keeping that super mobile shoulder joint in a good position by, by maintaining symmetry between the front and anterior aspects of the torso, like the chest, be it the clavicular portion of the chest or the sternal portion of the chest, obviously the front deltoid, things that we hammer with all of our pressing, but we don't always hit those muscles on the backside. We typically, you'll see people train a lot of lats. And it's important to remember that while the lats are on the back, they do actually function to internally rotate the shoulder. So if all of your shoulder work is, if you're doing all this chest work, doing a bunch of chest pressing where I, I train my pecs and then I do obviously some front delt with that. And then I do a bunch of lat work thinking that that's the back work that's going to, you know, offset it. Well, remember the lats are an internal rotator. The pecs are a medial or internal rotator. So if you don't hit anything for external rotation, you're going to be hammering your tissue with a lot of internal rotation. And the face pull is an awesome exercise for promoting external rotation and strengthening those muscles. And I'll, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of a additional kudos for its hypertrophic potential. Just when you see those mid traps and those rear delts developed, man, oh man, does it make a difference on your physique. And the last lift or type of lift today uh, that we'll discuss is incorporating transverse plane and frontal plane exercises. So these would be exercises that take place not in the sagittal plane front to back, but side to side and rotationally. So things like wood chops, that would be in the transverse plane. Things like rotational med ball slams or throws would be in the transverse plane. And then that frontal plane, you think of something like a Cossack squat or a side lunge. And so much of our training I'd say 90 to 95% takes place in the sagittal plane. And if you want to create more tissue resilience, better mobility, better athleticism, without feeling like you're adding in all of these advanced tactics, train a couple of frontal and transverse plane movements each week. Like I said, I really like rotational work with cables and with med balls. I think that has a ton of carryover. Remember, power is plane specific. So if you're a rotational athlete, you need to do that rotational power work. But if you're not, and you never train in those, uh, you know, 
those planes, you won't develop much strength and power in those planes from your sagittal plane work. And you'll just generally have holes in how your body moves in the sense that you'll be very well developed in that sagittal plane, but you'll probably be missing a little bit of oomph and strength in the frontal and transverse plane. So there you have it, guys. 10 exercises and movement types that can level up your training. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you find it helpful. If you did, share it with somebody, text it to somebody. The best way to help a podcast grow is by word of mouth and leaving five-star rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts on Spotify. If you could do one of those two things for me today, it would make a massive difference. And as always, thanks for tuning in and I will catch you on the next one.